0: official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. sank show if it's in my hand i'm gonna suck it powered by dnr
1: studios <laughs> and now
2: the one, the only,
0: adam sank! Adam. yes hello hello and welcome back to the adam sank show we are not live but this is a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m saturday january 16th 2021 at dnrstudios.com the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs if you listen anyplace else, leave us your ratings and reviews. Hey, we've gotten three new reviews in the last couple of weeks, and I am Exciting. thrilled and grateful. They were lovely. So thank you for those. Keep them coming. For some reason, it takes Apple Podcasts literally weeks to post them after they've been written and submitted, but I'll take it. Uh Anyway, email me anything you want, including dick pics. I got a lovely dick pic from a Texas listener this past week.
2: Oh, And
0: let me just tell you that it's true what they say about everything being bigger in Texas. You can email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your ass merch, t-shirts, tank tops, even a billy goat. (laughs) The link to all that merch is adamsank.com. And remember, you can now call the ass hotline anytime. Still waiting for one person to do this. The number is 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Our guest today is yet another man that I would like to have sex with.
1: Surprise, surprise. I know
0: it seems like I'm only booking people for whom I'm thirsty. Uh, and maybe it's true. But,
1: but isn't um, that the point of a podcast? Like, Why, I mean, have why else have one <laughs> yeah. if I can't get a
0: little guest dick once in a while? Right. Uh, for the record, I've never uh, been close to this guest's dick, nor do I expect to uh, be so anytime in the near future. But his name is Colton Ford. He is well known, uh, you know, all over the world, but especially here in New York, he's been a fixture. Uh, he was—he's been a porn star, he's been a recording artist, he's been just like a major nightlife presence. And uh, I'll be thrilled to talking to him, to be talking to him a little later in the hour. He's got a brand new album out, but first, it is time to introduce my trusty co-host, the Prince of Pigs, Ms. Rihanna Frostig.
3: Yes, that's me. Ass open to the wind. Here I
2: am.
0: Here I am.
2: Ass open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. Oh, I always
3: forget
0: the stick Shut it
2: up, in. cunt! <laughs>
0: That's our newest I drop. I love that. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, my favorite. And also, JB is here. Yes! Ha! Huh? JB is a little stressed. Uh, and not just because the country's at civil war, but because uh, there's been a lot of difficulties <laughs> happening technically today.
1: Okay, so I, again, somebody fucked up the board. Like I said, it's new year again. We're the first show technically. We are the first show to record in the studio after the new year. Yeah, so yes, queen. Okay.
0: And, and yes, queen. My regular microphone was was dead, so I'm sitting in an unfamiliar <laughs> spot. Ryan's in the guest chair where all different. Oh my god! I do kind of like it over here though because I can face the windows. And I'm not in front of that goddamn radiator, Oh my God. which is drip, like drip. sitting directly on the sun. Um, so this show is going to be all about lists.
3: Oh my God, lists.
0: And not lists. just because you know I love a list, <laughs> but because at the end of the year, there's always these, the top 50 this, the top 10 this of the past year. By the way, apropos mm-hmm. of nothing, mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. plug something on XM, which I know is verboten. Uh, here at DNR Studio, so I apologize in advance to Derek and Romaine and to any of the listeners who hate Sirius XM, but I still have a subscription. And their 80s on 8 channel
3: hmm. put
0: out the 300 best songs of the 1980s. Wow, and it is fantastic! I bet you're living. I listen to it every time I'm spinning at the gym, sweating my balls off underneath my mask, which everybody mm-hmm. wears at the gym, thankfully. Um, but my god. 80s music is great to exercise, too. Yeah. St. Elmo's Fire, I know it sounds cheesy. Try exercising to it. (laughs) Anyhow, so we're going to start with a list, uh, and I want to first ask JB and Ryan if they can guess any of the stories on this list. It is the top 10 LGBTQ stories of 2020, and this is per LGBTQ Nation, which is a, uh, a, a publication that I love very much. They've published me before. So check them out. But what do you guys think was the biggest gay LGBTQ story of 2020?
3: Okay. I'm going to sound ignorant. But in the spring or early summer, there was a trans, a repeal of a trans, help me out.
0: You're talking about the Supreme Court? Yes. Yes. Yes, there was a Supreme Court victory involving uh, trans students being able to use bathrooms and locker rooms uh, that match their identity, their gender identity. But I thought
3: there was something else about, um, like not uh, not being able to be fired for being, or something about. So what
0: you're thinking of is a Supreme Court decision that protected all LGBTQ people, okay. from job discrimination. Okay, so that's your guess. That's my guess. JB.
1: <laughs> Ryan took my transgendered to one. I feel I have nothing after that. To... <laughs> <laughs> like... Sorry. All
0: right. Well, that story may or may those two stories may or may not be on the list. But let's get started. Uh, and by the way, with respect to uh, LGBTQ Nation, I don't agree with all of these. Hmm. Some of them I think should not have been on this list, and there are some stories that should have been. But here we go. Number ten. They say is Richard Grinnell making history by becoming the first openly gay cabinet-level appointment in history. Now, if you don't remember who Richard Grinnell is, Donald Trump made him U.S. ambassador to Germany in February. Um, I'm sorry. he is, I've already <laughs> fucked up. I'm so tired, you guys. I have not been sleeping well. He is the U.S. ambassador to Germany. Trump made him acting director of national intelligence, which is a cabinet level position. He only filled it for two months while the Senate confirmed the permanent nominee for the position, John Ratcliffe. Um, so technically this was a historic first because no out LGBTQ person had ever held a cabinet level position before. Uh, again, he was not confirmed by the Senate. He did not become the permanent uh, director of um, whatever the fuck he is, director of national (laughs) intelligence, but it's still a first. Uh, Meanwhile, he left the administration in May and went on to help Republicans get elected and also worked for an anti LGBTQ Christian conservative organization. So to Richard Grinnell, I say, (laughs) shut up, cunt. And this is not something I would celebrate. Mm,
3: mm, Uh, mm, mm.
0: uh, He's basically a collaborator. Um, Number nine, the Supreme Court—again, these are not all good things. Right. These are the top most, ten most important things. Number nine, Supreme Court justices show a willingness to overturn marriage equality as Amy Kovid Barrett gets confirmed to the court. Uh, as you know, in 2015, the Supreme Court made marriage equality the law of the land through the historic Obergefell—I I never know how to say that—Obergfell versus Hodges' decision— Most people now consider it to be settled law. It's been over five years. Gay people have gotten married in scores. Society has not come crumbling down, as the conservatives predicted it would. But Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, two of the right-wing scumbags on the Supreme Court, uh, this past October, they, in an argument for another case, said that marriage equality violated the First Amendment because because religious adherents who oppose it have been called bigots making their religious liberty concerns much easier to dismiss. This is some really fucked up legal, legal logic. While the argument is not convincing people being called names for opposing equal rights, so equal rights must be taken away, at least two current Supreme Court justices agree with that. And Senate Republicans rushed to replace longtime LGBTQ ally Ruth Bader Ginsburg with the aforementioned Amy Covid Barrett, who very much opposes marriage equality. So nothing's happened. Yet, but we have to remain vigilant. Yes. Number eight, speaking of horrible people, Senator Kelly Le- Leffler and Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who has since left Congress, and a whole bunch of state-level Republican lawmakers tried to ban transgender girls from sports. Hmm. This has been one of their, their favorite issues over the last few years, Republicans. Uh, they basically don't want... Transgender girls and women to be playing women's sports because they say it's wrong, that they're not really female, uh, which you know is so dehumanizing. So Republicans in state office filed dozens of bills this year restricting trans people's rights in athletics. Idaho actually passed one of these bills into law. It allows competitors to challenge a student athlete's gender. This is so gross. And force her to undergo genital exams and a DNA test to prove her gender.
3: Ugh disgusting and that makes me so angry
0: this is currently being held up in federal court but as i said kelly loeffler who just lost her uh her senate race to by shithead (laughs) by shithead is right to john ossoff um her loss and the loss of david Perdue has turned control of the senate over to the democrats
3: which we didn't talk about last week because we were kind of dealing with. The... I
0: wanted to stay away from politics. Yeah, last but week.
3: that was a that was a huge massively
0: win, massively important. Huge win. Um, these bills uh, may not pass their respective legislatures, and the Idaho law that I mentioned may soon be overturned in court. But the amount of work that Republicans have put into attacking trans people—it's—it's uh, it's just mind-boggling and it's probably not going to stop. They're going to keep, you know, this is a fundraising issue for them. Everything they do is about fundraising, right? right? Every every time they attack whether it's Mexicans, immigrants, Muslims, gay people, trans people, whoever they're attacking, that is a fundraising mm-hmm. appeal. That is to their moron voters who only get their news from Fox News, Newsmax, Rush Limbaugh, who will soon be dead, thank God. And the rest of them, they they're told this group is going to harm you if you don't give money to us right now because we are going to stop them. That is the entire Republican philosophy of, quote-unquote, government right now. Uh, So um, it's just sickening. But as Ryan just said, uh, we have a huge victory now. We have... In just a few days, we will have Democrats in the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. We will control all three branches of government for the first time, I believe, since Barack Obama's first two years in office. That's a long time ago.
3: Feels like a lifetime ago. We're
0: not going to fix everything, but we can fucking fix some shit. Some shit. Number seven is Ellen DeGeneres. Mm. And I do think this belongs on the list. Yes. Yes. Ellen lost a lot of her popularity and her queen of nice title after dozens of former employees came forward and accused her of creating a toxic workplace. She faced accusations of being not nice to guests, followed by accusations of not treating her workers correctly during the pandemic, followed by dozens of former employees telling the media that Ellen's show is a toxic workplace where sexual harassment and racism runs rampant. She fired several producers And promised to do better. Uh, Once again, as we all know, Ellen is one of the most famous out lesbians in in history. And uh, how she is seen by the public affects LGBTQ people. That's their argument anyway. So certainly uh, someone we talked about a lot this year.
3: She lost so much popularity that she contracted COVID and no one cared.
0: I don't even know how she's doing. Yeah, we don't, I haven't heard we, any updates. Yeah. I assume she's okay. Yeah. Well, she also got her own theme song this year from oh, Ryan yes. and me. Oh, yes. You're a mean one. Ellen You're L&DG. A privileged talk, talk show host. host. You're, uh, um, <laughs> fuck, it's been a long time. Well, let's move on. Okay. Number six the Trump administration releases an official memo explaining how to spot a transgender woman.
3: Oh, my God. I don't even remember. I don't remember that. this either.
0: Uh, Once again, the Trump administration repeatedly attacked trans people over the last four years, but one attack stood out in particular for its cruelty. The Department of Housing and Urban Development, run by the highly qualified Ben Carson, rolled back a rule that banned homeless shelters from refusing to serve trans people. Remember that this was during a, a recession and a global pandemic, and then he his department issued a memo that explained to homeless shelters receiving federal funding how they might be able to spot a trans woman who might try to sneak in and avoid spending the night in the streets. The memo told shelters to look for factors such as, I'm not making this up, such as height, the presence of facial hair or an Adam's apple, and other physical characteristics which, when considered together, are indicative of a person's biological sex. Carson claimed this policy was meant to advance religious freedom, but instead it attacked trans people's appearances and made it clear just how much bigotry actually motivates the administration's attacks. Carson himself uh, has been a, a foe of trans people for years, calling—I'm not even going to repeat this. They're gone. They're gone in a few days, and may the likes of them never return to the seat of government because of these, these fascists. Yeah are just the, the lowest of the low. In a much happier story, we talked about this. Number five, Academy Award-nominated actor Elliot Page comes out as trans. Oh,
3: yeah. That was huge. That was massive.
0: Making him arguably the most famous trans uh, actor of all time. I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. He wrote in a statement shared with fans on social media, I feel lucky to be writing this, to be here, to have arrived at this place in my life. Uh, On the other side of the spectrum, J.K. Rowling became the world's foremost anti-transgender activist in 2020, and this was something that was in the news quite a lot.
1: I thought that happened like in 2019, not 2020. It
0: may have started then. Yes, you're you're, you're absolutely right, JB. It said, uh, at the very end of 2019 and into 2020, saw the author of the best-selling Harry Potter series... Which is, by the way, the best-selling book series in the world of all time. Yeah, repeatedly attacked trans people. Uh, we're not going to go through all the things that she has said. They're She's all a horrible.
1: Woman, hideous. Horrible.
0: And you know, again, like one of these people, where just shut the fuck up. Like you can yeah. have these thoughts; they're wrong.
3: Press the button. But like, Press the button.
0: It's important enough to destroy your career over. Shut up, cunt. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> The number number three most important LGBTQ story of 2020, Joe Biden beats the most anti-trans president in U.S. history by running the most pro-trans campaign in U.S. history. Biden signaled all along that he'd be different from Trump on LGBTQ issues Uh, generally, and trans equality issues specifically. Mm -hmm. He laid out a detailed plan for how he wants his administration to address legal protections for queer people. He has spoken about violence against trans women of color and said trans lives matter. He promised to flat-out change the anti-trans policies that the Trump administration has has, uh, put into place over the last four years. And he became the—this is significant— He became the very first president-elect in U.S. history to mention transgender people in his victory speech. I was just going to
3: ask you, is he the first? And yes, he is.
0: I'm a little bit moved to tears right now because I remember so clearly in 1992 when Bill Clinton accepted the nomination for president at the Democratic National Convention. I was in Michigan. I was still in college, and I was with my boyfriend. We were watching this, and— there was this moment in Clinton's speech where he was talking about the demonization of various groups by the right. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, they'll tell you that it's you, the poor people, you, the immigrants, you, the gays. And just when he said it, mm-hmm. I, I, it was like I had the wind knocked out of me. I couldn't believe that a presidential candidate was actually going to acknowledge us. That's how monumental that was in 1992. at that time. I called my parents, Mm. who really did not want to hear anything about this and were not happy that I had just come out and did not see the significance of it. Now, of course, they would. But when I think about trans people hearing Joe Biden say that and how important that is, because what the president says actually matters, as we have learned all too well, In the past four years, and especially in this past two months.
3: I just got chills at him. It's really huge.
0: So good. Good.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, the first out LGBTQ Democratic presidential candidate ever won Iowa's primary. Pete Buttigieg.
3: Mm.
0: Imperfect though he might be, he won the state of Iowa. Uh, With 26.2% in the Iowa caucuses and 14 convention delegates, he kissed his husband as he announced his victory, uh, which stirred up a lot of anti-gay animus in the media and among voters, but he never hid his sexual orientation. He brought his experiences with homophobia to a nationally televised presidential debate. And he will be our next uh, Secretary of... Transportation? Transportation. yes. He's taking over for the evil Elaine Chao, Mrs. Mitch McConnell, who just bailed out at the last minute. Yes queen. Instead of uh, invoking the 25th amendment against Donald Trump, um so he will be in answer to the earlier story, he will be the first senate confirmed cabinet level out gay person in the history of the of the United States. Yes queen. Yes queen. And finally, number 1, Ryan called it. <gasps> the Supreme Court extended federal civil rights job protections to LGBTQ people in Bostock versus Clayton County. I said at the time that this is the most important ruling since Oberg fell and one of the most important rulings of all time. They did what the Republicans, Republican controlled Congress would never do, which is they outlawed discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. The fact that this happened during the Trump administration is miraculous, mm-hmm. especially with this Supreme Court. Now, this is before Amy COVID Barrett was on the court, but it was already five to four. Right. And you had. Uh, I think several conservative justices joining the opinion. I know John Roberts did. Uh, it doesn't say here, but um, but this is major.
3: Yeah.
0: This affects everyone who falls under the label of queer. Yeah. We can no longer be fired from our jobs because of our sexual orientation or our gender identity. It's still going to happen, mm-hmm. but now we have recourse. We can sue.
3: And like I, I think that is it, it's pretty significant because you know I am very privileged and I I would never think in any of the jobs that I've had I would never think that that would even be a reality like because you know we live in New York City and it's it's pretty progressive but for the people that live in the middle of the country where people so important you know we voted take for granted we take
0: for granted the protections we have living yeah. in a place like New York yeah yeah in Alabama in you know it's a real Arkansas and Mississippi I mean I don't want to just pick on the south in in the Dakotas yeah. you got no protection until now So um those are the top 10 stories of the year um another story that, not on that list but something that caught my eye is that the World Health Organization has been reporting rising rates of what they're calling super gonorrhea yes. which is also my alter ego superhero identity <laughs> Will be part of it is Who's my... that
3: there above the is it the super? I don't know.
0: Marvel Comics will be coming out with a new movie in twenty twenty two entitled Supergonorrhea in which I will be starring. Uh it's caused by bacteria resistant to traditional traditional antibiotic drug treatments. This isn't the first we've heard about this. We've talked about this before. But um but it's it's back. And one of the reasons it's back is that during the pandemic, regular testing and treatment for sexually transmitted diseases has stopped. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's terrified to go to the doctor unless they absolutely have to. So, And it isn't just gay people either, but, you know, gay people tend to be promiscuous. And as we know from a previous story we've done, we haven't all been following strict guidelines. We've, we've, a lot of us have continued to hook up with strangers uh, during this pandemic. And yet we're not getting tested for STDs and we're not getting treated for them. And that creates rampant, mutant uh, gonorrhea. The U.S. hit an all-time low of transmission in gonorrhea in 2009, but then it started to climb, and I think this is because of PrEP, frankly. The most recent statistics, which are from 2018, showed an 83% increase since 2009.
3: Holy shit.
0: It is the second most common sexually transmitted infection in the country. What's first? Chlamydia, maybe? Uh, With gay men disproportionately affected. At the same time, gonorrhea that's resistant to azithromycin, that's that z pack that you get from your doctor, has increased from 0.6% of all cases in 2013 to 4.6% in 2018. So it might be time for us to think about putting condoms back on.
1: But also, who's <sighs> fucking? Like, I, I, People. People. I, I, Like coronavirus pandemic, like the coronavirus really stopped me from fucking and stopped me from being a hoe because I was like, I'd rather just be celibate than getting dick ever since catch coronavirus and then on top of another STD. And that's a
0: wise choice. You're protecting yourself and everybody else. But think about all the people that kept having sex when AIDS was killing them. It is very hard to get people to stop having sex.
3: Well, and also it was encouraged to, you know, I, I don't remember where it was encouraged, but remember there was the whole thing about glory holes and yeah, like, right. you know, do that. I mean, New can... York
0: State Board of Health recommended glory holes. Now, they didn't say everybody should go <laughs> out to glory holes. They said if you're going to have sex, yeah. this is a safe, safer alternative to having full on body contact. Just, you know, put your yeah. dick through a hole.
1: Which the article did start by saying you shouldn't be having sex during this time period anyway. Correct. But right. if you are. Like that that's that's what bothers me It's like you shouldn't be doing it. Like you shouldn't your safety and your health come first over any sort of bodily pleasure.
0: Listen, half of this country won't even put on a mask. Right. right? So <laughs> it's you're asking a lot of people who are by nature stubborn, <laughs> stupid, selfish pigs.
1: Clearly. And not the fun ones like Ryan is.
0: Meanwhile, <laughs> thank you. I discovered during my end of the year search of uh, online articles, that every year the US Consumer Product Safety Commission database releases a list, a list of emergency room visits involving objects people got stuck in their orifices. Now, we have done a similar story before. We, we once yeah, we did it, one it. of our favorite episodes ever, but I didn't know this was an annual list. We would have been doing it, it would have been a tradition on the yeah, ass. It would have been. <laughs> and this list doesn't just, it isn't just but. They had ears, nose, mouth, every orifice, vagina. But I I just thought I would do the list of things people got stuck in their rectum this year. Now, this is, once again, according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, it is a legit list. Here we go. And they they got their information from emergency rooms across the country. So here we go. These are things that got stuck this year up our butts. A bouncy ball, multiple marbles, a toothbrush holder, a crayon. Some of these have a description in quotes. Put a pencil up rectum and now not able to sit. (sighs) I can feel that right now. Can't you feel it? I
1: clutch my butthole ever so hard. I can
0: feel that pointy lead of the pencil. Nail polish bottle. Shaving gel bottle. Aerosol container. Here's a description of something. Patient reports inserting a deodorant spray can inside his rectum last night as he was constipated. You know, as one does, because pectate takes too long. Oh my god! Uh, small foam football. We've talked about these little Nerf, these yeah, little squishy yeah, 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 items. Yeah. People stick up there. A stick, screwdriver in anus handle fell off. Oh. What were you twisting it? Oh my god! Uh, here's one that's a quote, was intoxicated and is uncertain if she used her anal beads or not, can't find them at home. Uh, Parentheses, none found in ER exam. uh, So she didn't have anything stuck up there, but she was worried because the anal beads were missing. I panic when mine are. Uh, A pipe, a vibrator ring, uh, quote, vibrator, (laughs) vibrator stuck in rectum, vibrator still on. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) That
0: I can feel, too. (laughs) I mean, some people might like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, now we come to the dildo portion of the list. A 5-inch dildo, a 6-inch dildo, a 7-inch dildo, and a 10-inch dildo. Not all at the same time, by the way. An apple. (laughs) How do you get fucking apple up there? A toy shark. A toy shark. (laughs) A plastic turtle. A cat Toy Bell.
1: What are you going to do? Play with the cat like that? You know, Swish your and have a cat chase you? Oh, my God.
0: Oh my Maybe, he, yeah, I think I tried to get the cat to run up <laughs> oh my your ass. God. Yeah, oh my God. A baseball. Again, I don't know how round things go up there. A newspaper. <laughs> a cologne bottle. A baby oil bottle. A hand lotion bottle. Uh, here's one of these bullshit descriptions was squatting in shower when he got a small bottle stuck in his rectum. You know how that sometimes when you're squatting in the shower, you just accidentally sit on a a bottle, Uh, a remote control, a fork. Ow. Why does anyone stick anything sharp into their bodies? Hurts. A water bottle. I
3: feel pain.
0: Uh, Quote, three weeks ago, he was drunk and put a light bulb up his rectum. Oh now, this God. one confuses me. How do you walk around with a light bulb up your butt for three weeks? How do you poop during that time? I, it doesn't make any sense. A light bulb is quite large. Uh, and wouldn't it... Wouldn't it come out? Break? Break or slip out when you were pooping. Uh, this next one, I don't know what this is. A pooparoos toy. I don't know. P-O-O-P-A-R-O-O-S. P-O-O-P-A-R-O-O-S. A Weeble Wobble toy. (laughs) Writing pen and bottle cap, both at the same person. Foam dart. Six magic markers.
1: (gasps) Six. So two wasn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you went for six.
0: This next one I've actually seen as an act on, uh, like, at the black party. Christmas lights.
3: Oh, my God.
0: I've seen acts where guys pull lights out of their ass ass that are lit up. And I've seen women do that with their vaginas, too. Um, And the last one is, put dildo into rectum two days ago and was performing daily activities with it in place. While riding lawnmower, the dildo slid inside the rectum completely.
1: All this made my stomach hurt. I feel like I have to poop. I know. know. And again,
0: like, how do you walk around with a dildo in your ass for two days straight? Do you know how many times a day I have to take a dump? Yeah. Like, I couldn't have any of these things stuck inside me. I'd, I'd immediately have to go to the emergency room. Anyway. Also,
3: I'm thinking about a lot of these and, and I'm horrified, but the one about the the shower and the, the bottle of the shower and accidentally. Yeah. Okay, so I can understand you, you, you squat and then you say, oh, there's a bottle there. Let me not go further. You can't like uh, you you would feel the bottle and then say, okay, let's 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 stop. I mean, he obviously how much of an accident if if it went inside of you, like you obviously knew it was there. So it's like.
1: And It's also—it's not like a random guy fucking was just trying to shove shit up your ass. When you when you when you're pledging yourself, you try to hit prostate, bitch. You're going too far. It's only like four inches. Only four inches deep. Why you? Why you putting so many things so far? Go away.
0: I'm gonna skip the next couple stories because we're running out of time, and I want to get as much time as possible for Colton Ford. But the next list we're gonna go to is Grinder put out a list of which countries have the most tops. The most bottoms and the most verses.
3: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Bottom. Uh, Grinder says, G- "Get your passports ready for a post-pandemic trip." The global hookup app is active in nearly every country in the world, um, and but they put out this survey to their users, and uh, it turns out that Vietnam, Sweden, Thailand, Peru, and South Africa are home to the largest proportion of users who list themselves as bottoms. Bottom. Meanwhile, Nigeria, where gay sex is illegal, is home to one of the highest proportions of tops, behind only Morocco and India and ahead of Chile and Israel. When I thought about all those tops in Israel, hmm. man, mm-hmm. next Israel gay pride, if the pandemic is over, I'm going. I know- need to have sex with lots of circumcised hot Israeli I'm men. I'm also
1: going to Israel. There, there are fine men there.
3: I mean they're they're dicks, but they're so hot. My first ever—I may have said this before in the pod. My first ever threesome was at the Edison Hotel. Mm. Two Israeli filmmakers. Holy shit! And uh, they uh, did they spit roast you? Yeah. Congratulations. But they were assholes.
0: Yeah, I mean they're—I mean listen, I'm Jewish and I can say yes, this: Israeli same. men are fucking
3: assholes. They're so they're hot.
0: pushy as fuck, but they're great in bed. Uh, If you're looking for a man who is up for anything, South America is your destination of choice, with men in Venezuela, Guatemala, and Argentina most likely to list themselves as verse. I like to do a fake Spanish accent, just like Hilaria Baldwin. Grindr did add an important clarification. This data only represents a subsection of our users, and Grindr itself only represents a subsection of the global queer community. Um, But it is interesting, and, and I believe that about Nigeria... I know that in the Middle East, it's similar. Gay sex is completely illegal and, tab- and taboo. But if you're the top, mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal. Like mm-hmm. You're basically only considered gay if, if you, you suck dick or take dick in your butt. Yeah. If you're just giving it, then you're just a horny, frustrated man. And you know they don't like women anyway in a lot of those cultures. Right. And And not to be, you know, not to sound racist or, yeah, yeah. or stereotyping, but some of those cultures are very misogynistic. Yeah. And they separate men and women most of the time. Right. And women are often just seen as as there for procreation and taking care of the kids. And so, if you want to get your rocks off, yeah. find like the town homo. I mean, it sounds kind of hot to me, actually, you but it's wrong. That. It's wrong.
3: You would be that.
0: I might be that guy. Uh, and finally, in Brazil, conservatives in the country are in an uproar over a massive vagina sculpture that has been unveiled. And I'm holding up a picture of the sculpture to Ryan.
3: It is gorgeous.
0: I don't know why it's bright red. Yeah, that was a choice. It almost looks like it's a bloody vagina. Yeah. Um, But it's a 108-foot-long vagina sculpture made by an artist uh, named Juliana Notari. Might be pronounced Juliana. I'm not sure. It was constructed at a rural park on the grounds of a former sugar mill in the Brazilian state of Pernambuco, uh, the artist posted on Facebook amid so many rocks in the middle of this dystopian year, I finally finished the year with diva ready. I think she calls it diva. It was a long process, almost 11 months, a lot of persistence, coexistence, and learning. She describes the the sculpture as land art, a massive vulva slash wound measuring 33 meters high, uh, 16 meters wide, whatever those are all metrics, covered by armed concrete and resin, I used art to dialogue with issues that refer to gender from a female perspective combined with a cosmopocentric and anthropocentric Western society. She sounds like a lot. The diva sculpture immediately raised the ire of Brazil's conservatives, particularly supporters of the increasingly intolerant uh, President Bolsonaro, who's like the Brazilian Trump he uh they responded with angry and often obscene social media posts
3: you know adam uh there's a vagina sculpture right here in new york city there is mm-hmm. where is that the world trade center
0: how is that a vagina sculpture
3: <laughs> look at it just next to really? you look at it interesting it looks like a vagina well jb
0: you missed the picture of the vagina sculpture in brazil
1: Oh. Also I call I mean, my vagina diva too. Okay, I guess. Brian, <laughs> do you want to eat that vagina? Is that like Yeah, I mean, does this turn shut you the on? Fuck up. <laughs> it almost
0: looks like a tongue that's been split down the middle. Like it looks, it, there's something so red and angry looking about it. But it is, it is beautiful in a way.
3: Uh, it, it, it's gorgeous as, as. bit of a
0: There's also no clitoris, as far as I can tell.
3: Yeah, it looks to me like, um, like a little like a snail, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's like, like, without people, the shell, like, like the the that dark part looks like the, and then the red is the. Yeah. All right, we have also, to move. Did a man do this? Because I, no, I feel. No like, oh, woman.
1: She missed the important part.
0: All right, we're going to segue in the worst possible way from a vagina story into our guest segment because uh, we have a fabulous guest making his debut. I want to point out we've had no repeat guests for months, Ryan.
3: That is. And today is no
0: exception. This this man is an actor, an erstwhile porn star, and an acclaimed singer-songwriter. He's just out with his first musical release in years, an EP called Unity. Here's a taste of one of the new songs, Stronger. And joining us, I believe, from right here in sunny New York City, please give a warm ass welcome to Colton Ford. <laughs> Colton,
2: hey, hey, hey baby. Colton. Okay, are okay, you? So uh, I'm, I'm yes, I'm coming on a show, and leading into my my interaction with you guys, I'm hearing all about vaginas and snails and clitoris. I don't know what kind of show this is, but uh, it's your worst nightmare, it's like Colton. A party.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you've, stum- like a you've stumbled into a, a little corner of hell. No, we were doing a we're doing a story about a massive vagina sculpture in Brazil that was just unveiled, and it's causing quite a controversy.
2: Yeah, because they're so unique and unusual.
0: I mean, only half. The, <laughs> that's the thing that. Go ahead. Only half the population has them.
2: Well, that's that's the the, 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 the irony in all this uh, that makes such a big deal of of our private parts, and yet we all have one or the other.
0: And so, some, of us, some of us have more than others, and I'm referring to you, of course.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say, they come in different shapes and sizes, but uh, it's no surprise that you have either got one or the other. That's right. Um, but uh, I, I can say that, you know, I can appreciate the vagina. I just haven't really had any interaction with it beyond uh, coming into this life through my mom's. So And that's um,
0: okay. Colton, where are you today? Sorry. Are you in New York City?
2: I'm, I am. I'm in, uh, I'm in Sugar Hill, Sugar. Oh, lovely.
0: Normally we would have you in studio, of course, uh, but we, uh, we can't do that because of COVID, so we're going to make the, the most of our time with you on the phone. I, I have to start this segment by telling you something, which is okay. back in 2009, I was at the Eagle. That's not the surprising yeah. part of the story. and. <laughs> <laughs> the, this song came on it was late into the night i i may have taken a few tablets of ecstasy and a dance remake of rem's losing my religion came on and i yes. i went into an ecstatic trance and i was like who <laughs> who is this i have to own this and i, I think spotify had just been invented at that point And I took out my phone and it said Colton Ford. And I have had that song in my music library ever since 2009. I (laughs) listen to it whenever I need to just calm down and chill. I recommend everyone download it. Um, And and so I just want to thank you for that, because that's been an important part of the past decade for me.
2: Well, I I appreciate that. Um, I mean, obviously, it's an amazing song. And, uh, I was really excited to kind of reimagine it for my, my covers album. And the interesting thing is the response is so polarized, Oh yeah. either it was like, like what you had, uh, just stated all the lovely things you said, or it was like, I was blasphemous at even, you know, going in there and touching this, you know, this amazing song by R.E.M. Um, well, the, the irony with that was that Michael Stipes had uh, reached out to my management, saying that they were honored that I did it and it was great and good luck with it. I mean, you know, from wow. um, the people. And then I, you know, would see a lot of these people who were like, you know, go back to sucking cocks on film or whatever. But um, but I but I loved shade. And I, and I, yeah, and I loved uh, I loved being able to do something. Different with it, and I, I feel and, and felt at the time that it really it really worked, and the whole remix package is great there's some awesome remixes absolutely uh,
0: The production is so yeah. great, your voice is so great it's just it 's a song that just always makes me feel good and and, and this and album, Unity, is great too. I believe if i 'm not wrong, this is your first
2: new music in five years no actually. Um, it's it's the first time I've really thrown myself back into um, being out there and pushing it and, and doing things like uh, your show and, uh, and other press. Um, but over the last five to seven years, I've been going through a lot of life stuff, but I was still putting out uh, music. I put out a an EP called Next Chapter. Mm. It was a little more urban and, and soul based. I worked with a producer. Um, David Barrett out of, uh, the UK. And then I released an album, uh, titled my real name going to and, and a couple of singles here and there. I released, uh, the Christmas song last year with, uh, one of my creative partners and one of my oldest friends from kindergarten, Ron Schrader. So I've been, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always creating that's, that's what I do. But I, I took a step back out of, uh, you know, the main, the main, um, marketing, and promotion uh, dynamic uh, that, you know, we all use to promote our releases just, just because I was going through a lot of stuff.
0: I keep reading so. interviews that you've done to promote this album where you, you refer to this sort of difficult period of struggle. Do you, do you want to talk about, you know, what specifically was going on during that time?
2: I'm um, sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's stuff that, that we all, have to deal with. And uh, it, it it began uh, with the death of my mother, um, mm. which was uh, unexpected, and really difficult. Um, although I was with her the last eight months of her life and when she passed. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And at the time I was going through, or right at that time, uh, a breakup was happening. And um, that wasn't very pretty. And uh, then I uh, was dealing with some uh, medical issues. Um, I had uh, atrial fibrillation. So Mm. I got that taken care of um, with an ablation, which is amazing that they basically AFib is uh, an electrical issue with your heart misfiring. Um, And uh, they go in and wires up into your heart cavity map out your heart electrically um, and uh, or in terms of the electrical component and then they cauterize those cells that are misfiring to stop misfiring so that was great problem solved uh, but mysteriously five months later i got a heart virus i wonder how that happened Mm. so i went through i went through all of that and you know i was Entering my 50s and, and going through the change, which is a real thing for men. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, um, male,
0: male menopause is real.
2: It's real. And uh, fortunately, you know, I, I had been doing therapy for years, and, and uh, my therapist is a woman. And I went in uh, one day and was just saying, you know, I'm just feeling depressed in a way that I, that I have never really felt before. I'm feeling hot, you know, sitting in the the air conditioning. I mean, you know, what's going on? She's like, this is what we want to go through, you know, hers. And she said it took about a decade. Mm. Um, God. So, you know, dealing with that and then just kind of figuring out like, you know, what's next for me? Um, I'm in my 50s. I've never been here before. What does it look like? I don't feel different. I don't look at myself differently. I don't feel that I'm any less entitled to pursue my dreams and do my thing and, you know, be contemporary and modern and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, it took, it took a a good seven years for me to move through all of that and come out, uh, the other end in a way that I felt, um, empowered and ready to jump back in. And, you know, I was collaborating with uh, my buddy that I told you about, Ron Schrader, and then I started collaborating with us, another great, amazing songwriter, producer, sista And then we all came together and started creating as a unit and we formed a production company called Look Productions over the last two years. So it was just this process that I went through personally that got me to a place where I was ready artistically and creatively to really put myself out again and push to the degree that, Colton, that uh,
0: ambulance we're I, hearing in the background is not coming for you.
2: I hope. Oh no, no, no! It's just uh, one of the wonderful sounds that you get throughout the day and evening in New York City. You gotta love New York City. We don't even hear.
0: We like normally I tune it out, but it's like I was. I realized the listeners are hearing this siren, and I wanted to assure them that neither you nor I was in danger. Uh, Colton, I've I've heard from people that have had cardiac events and and any kind of cardiac surgery. That there's something that happens to you emotionally afterwards that is almost indescribable. There's a, there's a depression um, that almost everyone goes through as a result of, of having heart surgery. Was that your experience?
2: Well, no. And, and I should say that um, uh, ablations kind of happen in many different ways. I had a friend who has the same dynamic uh, that is a genetic disposition, that runs in my family um that had to have a couple ablations and he was put under and they were 7 8 hour uh surgeries um mine i was awake they gave me a sedatives um and they they put the um electrodes and what have you uh through my groin and up into my Heart cavity, and I was awake the whole time, and, and it was it was kind of a bizarre feeling to have this stuff going on inside you. And maybe speed up my heart and slow down my heart to see if there were any re- residual cells that were triggering an AFib uh, dynamic. Uh, so I didn't I didn't go in and have open heart surgery. I think you're referring to those individuals that that actually really go into the knife and have open heart surgery where they, you know, they work on the heart and they remove it often from the chest. And, um, but I, it wasn't that extreme for me, um, thankfully, but, um, Good. you know, the residual of it, I, I feel is that I got a virus from that surgery. I, you know, I, I wasn't sick, but I didn't have any dynamics that came into play that, that would have exposed me to anything, but I was in the hospital four months earlier and they had shit up in my, in my body and, and specifically in my heart. So, uh, so that was really, um, a difficult and challenging dynamic because, uh, with myocarditis, uh, your ejection fracture drops, um, and your ejection fracture is the way that they meter uh, how well your heart is pumping.
0: Yeah.
2: And, um, when it drops below 20 the number 25, uh, you're on the risk of your heart stopping at any moment. Well, thank, thank but goodness,
0: thank goodness that you came yeah. through it and that you were able to to take all of that darkness and put it into this yeah. this beautiful music that you've created. Um, once again, the well, album is you. called thank Unity. You. I I want to talk, uh, if we can, a little bit about your porn career. Okay, because sure. I I was shocked as I was doing research on you that you you. To me you are widely known as a porn star. I remember when I heard losing my religion <laughs> and I saw that it was you. I was like, this is Colton Ford the porn star singing. But but <laughs> but your entire porn career lasted like a year, right? It
2: was t- uh, 10 months.
0: 10 mu- yeah. it was barely a blip. And yet, yeah, you rose very quickly. Am I wrong? Like you were you won awards and you were like w- one of the top porn stars.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that there were a number of factors. I mean, I didn't go into it with any expectation. I was 39 years old, and and my major label days were over, and I was working a day gig, and I started dating a big porn star. And uh, I had the opportunity, uh, Blake Harper. Mm -hmm. And um, I had the opportunity to do a scene with him because his scene partner got stuck. It was right after 9-11 in New York and couldn't get out. And I thought, you know, uh, I'm gonna give myself permission to have this experience and maybe I can, you know, create something that I could use to draw attention to the other things that I do. Um, so I knew there were gonna be, you know, eyes on me just by virtue of the fact that, you know, it was Blake Hopper's new, new squeeze. Um, but then, you know, I think I looked uh, different from a lot of the guys at the time, which I think you know, we're, we're, uh, maybe not as muscular or hairy or, you know. I mean, you um, were super, mature. you were
0: and are super hot, but I know what you're saying. You didn't necessarily fit into the mold of late nineties, early O's porn star.
2: Yeah. And so I think in that regard, I, I, I popped out and, and that, plus I knew Shishi and, and, she uh, she and, you know, yeah. And, uh, so I started working, uh, yeah, you know, directly with her and, you know, I, it just, it unfolded. And, and I, um, towards the end of my 10 month experience, I, you know, I'd gotten everything out of the experience and I was ready to, you know, put, get, get more music out. You know, I had been prior to that. Um, you know, I had, I'd been paired up with Frankie Knuckles and Virgin records and, uh, you know, basically my entire life was about my music and my entertainment endeavors. And, uh, And so, you know, I had a little adventure. I was having a liberating uh, period of my life at that point. And uh, I got approached by a a documentary film uh, producer, and and they wanted to uh, capture my refocusing back on my music and transitioning out of porn. And I did that and released Seinfeld and Delivered, which was a big hit with Pepe Mache and you know, and I just started, you know, putting out more music and doing what I what I had always done.
0: So you don't you don't have um, any so regrets about deal. it, right? I mean it sounds like it was it was good for you to have that, that ten months. It sort of helped advance your I, career even further.
2: I I don't have any regrets. In fact one of the reasons why I did it is I thought to myself, you know, would I regret not having this experience at this stage of my life? I had fantasized about it but I never Considered it because my focus was on my mainstream career at this point, uh, at that point in my life, I was like, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust it out and uh, and have an adventure and have some fun and see what happens because you know uh, I was 39 40 uh, in the music business, especially at that time, um, wasn't necessarily that um, welcoming to people who hadn't already hit by that time, so. So, no, I don't regret it, and I had it, like I said, I had an adventure with it, um, and I met some, some great people, and I've been able to, you know, utilize it to uh, do what it is that I love to do, which and, is...
0: And thank God the video, the video lives forever. Colton, in the time remaining, we're going to play everyone's favorite at-home <laughs> quiz show, Ask Me No Questions.
1: Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No
2: Questions.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had sex to one of your own songs?
2: Oh,
0: uh, no. Oh, my God. That would be so my move. If I brought someone home for for sex, I would, like, put on my... I'd be like, oh, here's me, by the way. You can listen to me as as you fuck me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's kind of a turn. But, um... No, it's just never something I've I've really thought about doing, to be honest with you. Who's the greatest Um,
0: club DJ of all
2: time? Oh, well, I'm, you know... Frankie is my man. Frankie Nubles. Um Yeah, yeah. And uh, he and I were, you know, they, they uh, chose me to be the featured artist on the second record. Uh, unfortunately, um, Virgin had a problem with him being black and me being white and how we're going to market this and all this kind of good stuff. So it wasn't until uh, Let Me Live Again um, and him and Eric uh, Kupfer... Uh, did uh, an amazing remix of that single um, that we actually got to do something, you know. And this was from ninety two to two thousand twelve. Wow! So, uh, but he's, you know, he's brilliant. He's, um, you know, his musicality is phenomenal, um, and I just, I just loved him to death, and he's greatly missed.
0: Yes. How did you choose the stage name
2: Colton Ford? We were driving through Colton on the way to Palm Springs to shoot that, uh, that first scene from the Point Struck series. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great name, Colton. And then um, we, uh, Blake and I got together with Shishi for dinner and she's like, your last name needs to be something really, really strong, like a car. <laughs> and that's where Ford came into play. And it just so happened there's a Colton Ford dealership in Colton. So it all just worked.
0: Well, that leads me to my next question: Have you ever owned a Ford vehicle? No. <laughs> <laughs> no loyalty. No loyalty to the no. brand that made you. Uh, what is a song? No. What's a song, Colton, that when you hear it, immediately brings you back to your twenties?
2: Oh,
0: for me, it's the Junior Vasquez remix of "One by One" by Cher. I'm immediately 27 again when I hear that. Is there, are there any of those songs mm. that bring you back to that would, that time?
2: I I would say you know anything by Jody Watley, uh, uh, Whitney, Janet Jackson. You know those were the, the, the girls, uh, especially back in my 20s when when I was going out to the clubs that uh, that were you know everything.
0: Do you like to revisit um, music from the past, or are you always looking forward?
2: Are you always looking for the next thing? no i love I love music from the past, and I often kind uh, go back and um, check out the stuff that that influenced me and inspired me as an artist. Um, I definitely like new music I, I just like music, uh, but I never uh, let go of the stuff that um, that inspired me, um, going up and you know getting out there and doing my thing.
0: Yeah, I I mean I feel like an old fogey nowadays. Not that I I'm not one. I mean I'm almost fifty myself, but I feel Ooh. like I feel like club music was better when I was young than it is now. And I know that's just a sign of age, but I just think we had the most joyous club music in the '90s, and now it's it's kind of gotten dark. But um,
2: well, I think. You know, I think it's, it's a combination of that and also the world we're living in. Yes. You know, it was a different world back in the 80s and, and 90s. Yeah, art, and, art um, is a reflection
0: of the time. Uh, d- does your penis yeah. have a nickname? No.
2: If it did, what would you nickname it? I, I wouldn't <laughs> How's that. I'm not even going to try and think about a man. No, I just, I just wouldn't
0: <laughs> once. Fair enough. Once you've done porn, is there pressure on you to be great in bed with everyone you hook up with?
2: Um, no, but I think that sometimes there is, uh, or there are expectations, from the other person that you may or may not know about. Right. And um, there have been definitely uh, experiences that I've had where I'm very aware that their sexual experience is really not about me, even though it is about me in their head, but it's not about me in terms of what I want and
0: need in the moment. Right, it's you about their me? fantasy of you. That would be my fear.
2: Right, right. And whatever, whatever it is that they've been thinking about, um, with regard to that fantasy and exploring it and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, it could be a cool conversation, you know, right. have, we could, we could talk about it, you know, I'm, I, you know da, 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 da. and then, and then it would be something that would feel more inclusive when it's, you know, kind of driven by someone's fantasy and you're not necessarily privy to it and you start kind of, you know, taking in all the little clues to determine what's going on here. You know, it makes it, it, it's a turnoff. Sure. I mean,
0: my last question, will you ever return to porn? And if so, would you consider co-starring with a 50 year old
2: podcast host? (laughs) That's the only way I'd consider doing it again. How about that? Yes. (laughs) Colton Ford, the new album is
0: called unity. I wish you uh, tons of success with it. And I encourage people to, to download the album. How can people follow you on the internet?
2: They can follow me on Instagram, the real Colton Ford, and uh, Colton Ford Music at uh, Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for being our guest.
2: We wish you uh, we My wish you well. Pleasure. Stay
0: healthy, uh, Ryan and JB. Tell the listeners how people can follow you online.
3: You can follow me at, at Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter.
1: At Anarchy 12 only on Instagram.
0: Thank you both so much. Thank so you, Colton dick Ford. Picks. Yes, send JB and me, dick pics, send Ryan your whole picks. Tune in next week to hear a brand new episode with one of our favorite guests, comedian Drew Lausch. No. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, Wait. on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram at adamsank. We have a non-musical ending today. Uh, uh, no, e- Thank you. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Uh, Have a great week, bitches. If you're feeling stressed out, as we all are, by everything happening on the news and everything happening in this country, just remember to breathe, accept the things you cannot change, have courage to change the things you can, and wisdom to know the difference. That is my Mm -hmm. wish for you all this week. Have a great week. I love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.